Hello, and welcome to another Byways podcast, where we take stories from the pages of Byways magazine, featuring the destinations along the highways and byways of North America. Today we feature the remarkable story of Willow Run. My name is Steve Kirchner, and welcome to the Byways podcast. In 1941, the winds of war were approaching, and America's military was ill-prepared to fight if drawn into the conflict. One of the military's most glaring deficiencies was the time it took to build a single bomber, more than 30 days. In 1941, the Pentagon sent generals to Detroit to meet with Henry Ford and the Ford Motor Company to see if it was possible to take the assembly line approach to aircraft construction. While the aviation industry scoffed at the idea, Ford said it could be done, but not on existing assembly lines for automobiles. Ford said he would need to build a new factory from scratch to build a bomber. The Pentagon agreed, and Henry Ford set out to build a bomber factory. Henry Ford's farm at Willow Run Ford picked a farm he owned at Willow Run near Ypsilanti in Washtenaw County as a site of the plant. Since he already owned the land, there would be no problems purchasing the land. The farm at Willow Run was an ideal location. Located about 35 miles west of Detroit, connected by main roads and rail lines between Detroit and Ann Arbor. At the time, Ford Motor Company was under the direction of Henry Ford's only son, Etzel. Although officially retired, Henry Ford still had a say in the company's affairs and refused government financing for Willow Run, preferring to have the company build the factory and sell it to the government, which would lease it back to the company for the duration of the war. Ford Motor was to have first option on the plant after war production ended. It took six months to complete the factory, which was designed by architect Albert Kahn. When completed, it was the largest manufacturing plant in the world, with more than 3.5 million square feet. The plant began production in the summer of 1941, six months before Pearl Harbor. At first, the plant initially built components. Douglas Aircraft and the plane's designer, Consolidated Aircraft, assembled the final aircraft. Remote assembly proved problematic, however, and by October 1941, Ford received permission to produce complete B-24 Liberator bombers. Willow Run Airport was built as part of the bomber plant in next door Wayne County. The Willow Run plant had many initial startup problems due primarily to the fact that Ford employees were used to automobile mass production and found it difficult to adapt many of these techniques to aircraft production. The plant at Willow Run was also beset with labor difficulties high absentee rates, and rapid employee turnover. The factory was nearly an hour's drive from Detroit, and the imposition of wartime gasoline and tire rationing had made the daily commute difficult. But when these problems were resolved, the results were truly remarkable. Between 1942 and 1945, Willow Run produced 8,685 B-24 Liberator bombers, at its peak, the plant employed more than 42,000 people and produced a B-24 every 59 minutes. 
Many historians believe that Detroit's ability to mass-produce not just aircraft, but tanks and military hardware of all kinds was a key to the Allied victory in World War II, and the aircraft manufacturing industry would never be the same. Post-war Although Ford had an option to purchase the plant once it was no longer needed for war production, the company declined to exercise it and ended its association with Willow Run. Eventually, the plant fell into the hands of the company's arch-rival, General Motors. Over the years, GM expanded the bomber plant by roughly half to nearly 5 million square feet. The GM powertrain factory and engineering center was there, and a parcel of land to the south of powertrain was set aside for assembly operations that began in 1959, including a Fisher body plant that built bodies for the Chevrolet models assembled there, including the Corvair and the Nova. In addition to making automatic transmissions, Willow Run Transmission also produced the M16A1 rifle and the M39A1 20mm autocannon for the U.S. military during the Vietnam War. The Yankee Air Museum In 1981, a group of aviation enthusiasts came together for the purpose of preserving objects related to the aviation history of the Detroit area. The result was the Yankee Air Museum. Unfortunately, in 2004, the museum, housed in an historic World War II hangar, was largely destroyed by fire. The fire destroyed the hangar and most of the collection of documents and objects. Volunteers managed to save the restored B-17, C-47, and B-25 flyable aircraft. The Yankee Air Museum immediately began rebuilding the collection. In 2009, after fundraising, they purchased a building on the Willow Run Airport property and in 2010 opened the Yankee Air Museum Collections and Exhibits Building to the public. The Willow Run Plant Closes In 2010, General Motors closed the Willow Run Plant during the period the company was in bankruptcy. Title passed to the Racer Trust, which was created by GM to dispose of the company's abandoned real estate as part of the bankruptcy proceedings. Racer announced plans to demolish the bomber plant and repurpose the property for other uses. The Yankee Air Museum Steps Up In 2014, Yankee Air Museum succeeded in raising $8 million to purchase a portion of the building. The Racer Trust sold the remainder of the property and demolished the rest of the Willow Run plant. The 175,000 square foot portion of the original bomber plant that Yankee acquired is less than 5% of the massive facility. However, it comprises the end of the former B-24 assembly line at the far eastern edge of the property, which contains two iconic bay doors from which the finished consolidated B-24 Liberator bombers exited the plant during World War II. The Yankee Air Museum is now engaged in a fundraising campaign to restore the portion of the bomber plant they acquired and build exhibits. The museum will move into the building and become the National Museum of Aviation and Technology at historic Willow Run. Open for Business 
In the meantime, the Yankee Air Museum is open to the public with exhibits and educational programs. The flyable aircraft are available to the public for rides. These include the Yankee Warrior, one of only two B-25 C.D. Mitchell aircraft still flying. The Yankee Lady, a World War II B-17G bomber, which is one of only ten still flying. And the Yankee Doodle Dandy, a C-47 transport plane which served as the backbone of troop transport from World War II through Vietnam. The museum also offers rides in its biplane. The museum tells an important story that is often overlooked. The greatest generation included not only the men and women who fought in Europe, Africa, and Asia in World War II. It also includes the story of the people who produced the material that made effective fighting possible. For more information and contribute to the fundraising effort, visit the Yankee Air Museum at yankeeairmuseum.org. Rosie the Riveter The iconic Rosie the Riveter may seem to be simply a fiction from the past, but she has a name and an important story. Rosie Will Monroe moved from her home in Pulaski County, Kentucky, as part of the Great Migration to Ypsilanti, Michigan, to participate in the greatest national cause of the 20th century, the defense of freedom and liberty in World War II. She worked as a riveter at the Willow Run factory, building B-24 bombers for the U.S. Army Air Forces. Monroe was asked to star in a promotional film about the war effort at home. She and thousands of other men and women rolled up their sleeves with the can-do attitude necessary to bring victory to America and her allies. While Henry Ford had reservations about using women on the line, there was little alternative available at the time. Thus, Rosie Will Monroe and her co-workers came to Southeast Michigan. Rosie was singled out to become the symbol of this newly diverse workforce and became the emblem for wartime production, and so Rosie the Riveter was born. Having women employees helped stabilize the workforce as well. Between the draft, enlistments, and a general shortage of skilled workers, many of the male workers either could leave for other opportunities or were made to serve in the war effort. In the end, women who collectively became known as Rosies, not only at Willow Run, but throughout the country, were strongly recruited and appreciated, to the point that Rosies made up 36.5% of the assembly line workers in the aircraft industry. We hope you have enjoyed the remarkable story of Willow Run, as taken from the pages of Byways Magazine. My name is Steve Kirchner. Thank you for listening. We look forward to seeing you again soon. <music>